guys. Welcome back to Stalking Spurs. My name is Becky. And I'm Acid. Welcome back. It's been a while, we know. And this is definitely not related to Tottenham's performance in the past couple of games. Not at all. Will, not at all. <laughs> we're, we're still here and we're still excited <laughs> to be here. But we will definitely get in touch on the games that we've missed, three games um, so far. We will also be talking about our favorite social media roundup. And the winner of our always uh, baby of the week. Uh, we'll also be looking forward to uh, our international break and the Champions League draw. Acid, any thoughts? Yeah, so two games to watch out for this week. Um, Tottenham, the men's team may not be playing, but the women are. So Tottenham Hotspur FC women are in the top flight for the very first time ever. And their first game is on Sunday, the 8th of September against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So if you can make it or find a way to watch, check it out. That's going to be really exciting. Oh, wow. The second game. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm so happy for them. Good job, girls. Yeah. So the second game to look out for this week is the Philippine national team. The Ascals are in the second round of World Cup 2022 qualifying and they're playing against Syria at Panad Stadium in Bacolod, Philippines. No way. Yes way. How many rounds are there? That's a really good question. I don't know. But that's really awesome. So good job. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's definitely like a long way to go. It's only 2019 and I guess the last World Cup was just last year. No, but st- So this is probably early days. But still, yeah. I mean, that, that's a good indication of at least qualifying or at least trying to qualify. Very exciting. Yeah. And now we go to the, I guess, the more serious or the most serious part of this podcast. It's a, a recap of the past three games we uh, happened to just ignore. We, we didn't do this uh, after finding out our performance, but really we were quite busy. So I'd like to welcome uh, Toby again, our very special guests for uh, gracing us with his presence and his insights. Hey, Toby, how are you? Thank you. Hello. So happy to be part of this podcast as usual. <laughs> Such a good time to be a Tottenham fan. So good. Such a great, such yeah. a great three games to be a Tottenham fan, no? Yeah. But I, yeah. I mean, I'm quite the new fan, so I wouldn't know. Is this like the usual feeling or am I supposed to get used to this? Or what's, what's, what's up with the past um, three games? That's a good question. I think maybe we're reverting to the mean, as they say in baseball a lot. But uh, it's like the past 12 months have been so successful that Starting the new season, I guess maybe we all got a bit carried away and, and now we're reawakening to what it really means that the daily and weekly grind in the Premier League. Yeah, you're asking if like, is this, does this feel normal or is this okay? And I, I, uh, I brought this up actually yesterday during the game that this season we haven't felt like ourselves, like as a spectator and as a relatively new, only like four or five seasons in kind of spectator of this game. Like, I feel like there, there's something that, that we're lacking or missing that I, I've seen in the past seasons, especially last season. So I don't know what, what this funk is. Is it is it the uncertainty of some players who are important to us, like Ericsson? Is it, is it because we're not sure if he's staying or going and it's affecting us? Is it, like, a general unhappy feeling in some other people? I, I don't know. But there's definitely something different. We feel maybe a little less hungry and a little less ruthless. I'm not sure if those are the right words, but those feel the closest to what it feels like to me as as a fan watching. Yeah, and I guess as a one-year-old fan, it feels very like, it just feels strange because the vibe is just a lot 
the front. It's funny because now we're in the stadium. It's the home stadium. At least one game that we missed was in the home stadium. And it just feels like they are a little more, I don't know, disjointed, less cohesive. Even their social media, which I'll get to later, backtracking into the three games. Two of them were away games with, quote-unquote, I mean, like these are like the top six clubs, right? And I was actually pretty, like, obviously the Manchester City one, I was really... How would I say this? Nervous for that, but that's because obviously they're the league champions. But for Arsenal, when I saw them attacking, I was just like, guys, like, what's happening? Wake up. I don't know. Was it just me? Uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way also. Yeah, like the, they were two draws, actually. And I guess we will get into it in more detail in a bit. But they were both draws. Both had the same scoreline, but both felt very different. I guess if you're playing away to Man City, who are the league champions, a draw can feel like a win. Yeah. But for for some reason, like against Arsenal, it's a draw away. But it felt like ah, we we should have we should have locked that up. Right. That, yeah. Toby, what are you thinking? I think all Spurs fans need to take a good look in the mirror, and because I think going through again, one of my main source, sources is the Koi's channel on Reddit, and it's pretty divided. But I think it just breaks into two different types of fans. Some people are just ready to start groaning and growling every time there's a setback. But really, if you look at the results, it's two good away draws, one against the reigning league champions, the other in the North London Derby, which we can't pretend we've always done very well in. Like they've, you know, they've done us a number of times in the past few meetings. So I think that's a good result and playing against a terrible referee. So basically the only dropped points really are the Newcastle game. And that's just going to happen because... For a variety of reasons, one of which is Newcastle's very good tactic of putting 10 men in the box and defending. So we had one defensive slip up and that cost us the game because we couldn't break down break down their defense. But that's a really valuable thing to go up against so early in the season because you know every team is going to watch Newcastle and watch how they've done that and use it against the top six teams. And it's illustrative that Man U and Chelsea have the exact same results as us right now. Like Man U has, I think it's, what are we, one win, two draws, and a loss? And Chelsea's the same. And it just, to me, our results are the best because we've gotten good results away from home. We had a comeback win at the beginning of the season. So yes, Newcastle was a bit of a blow, but Dombele has been injured and the the strategy is, is still finding its feet. So I'm still super optimistic about how things are going, so I don't know what all the all the grim and Ooh. sad faces is about. Okay, I gotta represent the grim a bit. <laughs> I'm also optimistic. Okay, so you've compared Tottenham, us, to teams like Manu and Chelsea. But Manu and Chelsea were not the kind of team that made it to the Champions League final last year. I think we've established, especially last season, that we're on like a different tier from teams like Manu. And teams like Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair for fans to expect better. Yeah, so I, I certainly expect I better than the same the same form as a team like Man U or Chelsea. I think that's absolutely fair. And I think our results already demonstrate that we are still better. Because I don't remember who Chelsea Man U lost to. But I don't know. And I think their performances overall have been more lacking than ours. So, yeah. But I think there's other teams we worried about. Like we play Leicester City in a few weeks. And they look really strong. I'll be very surprised if they don't finish top six this year. I mean, I think Vardy's going to kill it this year. And they're really finding a bit of the magic they had those years ago when they won the league. So um, I think there's Sheffield looks good. They went and drew against Chelsea. So I think there's going to be some surprising teams on the come up as well. 
about the London Derby. Can we just acknowledge for a second how foully that game was? That was the fouliest game. I'm not even calling them just fouls. Like, it felt really foully. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that Oprah gif, but it really came to mind. There's this gif of Oprah <laughs> in this red power suit where she's giving like Corvettes or cars to everybody. You get a car, you get a car, everyone gets a car. Except this one felt so, you get a foul, you get a foul, everybody gets a foul. And we were all just going to Tottenham. I'm just, I was like, what? Oprah would not approve, let me just say. Oprah would not approve. Diving into the number of fouls that happened in the Arsenal game. I, mm. We've compared ourselves to Chelsea. You compared yourselves to like Manu and how we're all on the same footing. But Arsenal, who I understand has a big rivalry with Tottenham, it just felt like a very aggressive and it just felt like a dirty game. I don't know. I just found like the uh, fact that yeah. one of the I forget which of them somebody did something to Winksy Harry Winks and Harry was like literally hands in the air like I didn't do anything yeah, and the guy just still kept going at him I'm like I was expecting a fight to break out because of the amount of like yeah. fouls going down and slightly disappointed nothing went down but you know like I don't know no I was really uh, that's another thing I didn't understand is after the first three results people are whining about Harry Winks's performance and saying he passes sideways too much and he's not direct or bold enough in his passing and you know, passing through the defense and through balls and stuff. But I think this game against Arsenal really showed why he's in the side because he'll fight for 90 minutes and he'll fight hard. And like, he's not afraid to tangle with Socrates. I, there was one breakaway late in the game that uh, I think Aubameyang started running with the ball and it looked quite threatening. And Harry chased him all the way down from the other side of the pitch. So I think his desire is there. And I think in big games, he's going to continue to be an important midfield asset. Yay, Winksy. I also was just very happy to see Jan finally back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he and he and Toby looked as good as ever. I think the glaring, glaring weakness was Davinson Sanchez, who at right back struggled from the first minute. Oh, no. I think he he eventually got the ball under his feet. and But even so, we were losing the ball in, in our final third so often. We couldn't get it out of our midfield, which is really surprising because usually we don't struggle with that. But but is it fair to expect because he was playing out of, out of um, position, positions? Yeah. I guess well, while it, it sucks that he wasn't able to, mm -hmm. I guess deliver. I guess it's also unfair to expect him to perform as a position position he's not used to. Is that no sure. is that normal for people to be pushed around to different positions? I think there's a lot of speculation about that, like why Aurier didn't play. I, I don't. It doesn't sound like he's gone anywhere else at this last transfer deadline. So yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is there. But so Sanchez may not have been killing it as a right back, but you know what was killing it? His facial hair. Hell yeah. So his facial hair, which I think he's been rocking for the past few weeks, Ooh. is giving him like Idris Elba's younger brother vibes. I approve. So as RuPaul would say, Sanchez you stay please do yeah he did okay but as if you put it through that grim perspective then you should say we should have a right back who's ready to go because arsenal is not a great attacking side i mean as evidenced by their loss to liverpool which the commentators didn't seem to like to talk about for some reason they thought arsenal is on the up and tottenham's on the down but they're the ones who just got creamed by liverpool so i'm not sure where that narrative is coming from i listen to games on um, mute i can't do yeah. the commentating it's just too biased yeah. for me i don't know there should be an option for people to turn off the sound that comes from the commentator so you only hear 
the stadium sounds. Yeah, and I, the I would pitch love noise. That. It would be yeah. awesome to be able to hear what people on the field are saying. Yes. As well. Yeah. 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 Hello, hello, people, uh, product managers and uh, product developers yeah. of the EPL. <laughs> you guys need to listen up and get with the times. All right, I don't know about you guys, but I was very excited, like I mentioned, to see Jan back, especially after seeing him with a, I don't know, was it just me who saw a black eye on him in the past game? Yes. Yeah, so he was on the bench during the last game, Tottenham-Newcastle, at home. Uh-huh. And there were shots, like, um, for, on TV coverage, you'd see some shots that would show him on the bench. And it seemed like he had a bruise, a heal, like, bruise on the way to healing under one of his eyes. And I think there was some drama on the internet about that, some speculation about why, why he looked like he had a bruise on his face. And also why only a few weeks ago, he was shown at the stadium watching the game, not even on the bench, wearing sunnies. Yeah. I don't know, Toby. I, I don't know if you're checking the Reddit, but I did check the Reddit on that specific bruise because when the game, when Newcastle was happening, I did message Acid and um, we were just like, is that a black eye? And there was nothing on the internet until like two days later yeah. when all the speculation came out. And then now, of course, I'm in a freaking black hole looking at like, is, is Jan transferring? <laughs> is he leaving? Did he... The stupid like theories on Reddit were crazy from like having a fist yeah. fight with Harry to like, it's, it's bananas. Yeah. I mean, you really don't know what happens behind the scenes, but I was just glad to see him back, especially after not having seen him start for like, what, three games now. I would love to find out what the reason was but i'm also afraid to find out what the reason was because i like i like to think that everything is Rosie. harmonious within the team and everyone is bros.com and getting along really well so like these i, I personally find these these rumors of fist fights breaking out between Jan and Harry like really upsetting super <laughs> Jan and Harry no. why would they fight no. No, like, yeah. again, these are all unfounded. I, I think it's probably something super mundane. He slipped in the shower or something. Or, or his baby kicked him in the that's eye. That's also fair. Like I was that. actually thinking, it's football. He might have gotten hit in the eye by a fast, exactly. like, coming football, right? Exactly, yeah. I don't know. But apart from the black eye, it was a pretty tough loss. And I, I just kept thinking, like, wow, all the balls just keep bouncing back. Newcastle's strategy was just like, I guess, yes, you said put as many men in the box, but that was crazy. I think I mentioned Acid that there's a difference, like Man City has the most amount of goals and they, I think they'd scored all of them from inside the box and we'd only scored about seven through the first three game weeks and uh, the majority were from outside the box. So I think a, a more intelligent football tactician would be able to explain that better than me and i think the newcastle game illustrated the point that we were struggling shooting from the perimeter and we're relying on somebody like erickson or lamella to come up with one of these like massive moments of you know of solo brilliance which doesn't always win you tough games you need to find a way to just stuff it in into the box and and somebody to get something on it but uh, and that's why after that game there were some people saying hey where's fernando llorente because he's our big man in the box that's why why he was there but uh, to get, to put his hip intentionally, 100% intentionally on the ball and uh, into the goal. Uh, Toby, let me just uh, interrupt you there and just say you are our uh, tactician. So please uh, okay. don't 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 sell All yourself right. short. You are our brilliant tactician. Thank you for uh, <laughs> giving us insight. But yeah, I, I do miss uh, the big man, which we'll we'll talk about him later on in the show. But I guess yeah. watching Manchester City uh, from like a really shoddy stream was both scary but i was really proud of them and how they fought that 
So I think that was at least like yeah. That's it felt like good. It Definitely. felt good to give a draw on an away game. Definitely, I, I for, for through the first four weeks, I'm I mean I'm always an possibly overly optimistic fan, but I genuinely think there's more positives to take away than there are negatives. We dropped a couple points. We dropped three points against Newcastle. That's fair, but overall, the way some individual performances are looking, I think once we find our feet strategically, it's going to be really good. Like yesterday, I think Rose killed it. He was amazing. I think Winks was very good. I thought Sun had a ton of energy and looked like two players worth of attacking. So I think, and Hugo looks as good as ever. So, I mean, yeah, people would disagree because we were a little bit weak in defense yesterday against not very good attacking side. We were allowing too many shots and giving the ball away too much, but I think we'll get there. I agree. Acid, any last thoughts on the past three games? Stray thought on the Newcastle game at home. So after watching us lose that game, I started to feel really worried because we scored zero goals in that game and we don't often score zero goals. Like, we find a way and somehow if we score one, we find a way to like get a second fairly quickly and just keep going, right? So it, was, it made me a bit nervous to experience a game where we did not score at all, where the opponent defended so effectively that they 100% boxed us out. So I was worried that that could become a blueprint for other teams facing us. Oh, here's how we shut out absolutely effectively this team. So I hope I hope we like adapt to that and learn from it and make sure that we don't commit the same mistakes and allow ourselves to be boxed out so completely. I mean, we got to trust Botch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think, yeah, <laughs> he is our master tactician. And I think he will be able to analyze that and come up with solutions. Because I think he presented a great strategy against Arsenal when we were playing super deep, not killing time, but we were really making them come out and get us. Because they had their three forwards up front. They wanted us to go heavy on the attack and possess in their half so that they can counter with their, their three attackers. And we just didn't let them do that because we just kept it kept the ball in our half and let our fullbacks play with it and then we would chuck it forward to Sun to really use his speed so I think that was a really effective strategy so I'm sure he'll cook something up for when people are just gonna put 10 people in the box but I guess we'll have to wait and see because we're now coming up yeah. on an international break I saw so two things happening yeah. in the next couple of weeks I think so obviously in the past uh I guess week or so we did Champions League draw and I know nothing about any of these teams. I think who are we? Who are we in the? Who are we in the draw with? This? So we have Bayern Munich, who we. Okay, that's popular. Yeah, and we've but we've beaten them fairly recently, haven't we? I, I, anyway, we also have Olympiakos, a Greek side, and then we have Red Star Belgrade, uh, who I don't think we've played for years. Coming from a newbie, I only have heard of Bayern Munich. Like, how right. are the other two? Like, do we get to play all of them? And how does this work? So we play each of them home and away, and then you progress through a group, through a group stage. But I think any team who's in the Champions League, you can't take for granted. I think everybody deserves mm -hmm. to be there. They're all, like, among the best in their in their domestic leagues. So, you know, we're going to have to play well against anybody. I, and that's it's something to be concerned about because we're, what we were supposed to achieve over the summer and through the transfer window was a bit more depth. 
but if we are already struggling at right back in the Premier League, which should be our number one objective, then I don't know what we're going to do when it comes to the FA Cup and the Champions League. I mean, if Kyle Walker-Peters is injured and Sanchez is already having to play out of position in key games... Aurier is, I guess, not seen yeah. to be not good enough to start as his position and Sanchez is prioritized over him. Then yeah. I guess that doesn't bode well either. Oh dear. But Acid and I had a solution. We were just... We're going to clone Danny Rose and he... <laughs> And there he's going to go. play in the right wing. And he can either be called Rose Danny, because he's playing the outside, or Danny Rose. So you just throw an accent. <laughs> I, I mean, on I think I like Danny Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Throw in an accent there and, you know, let the fun begin. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your uh, hopeful stance and see how the rest of this uh, Champions League, start, the first round goes. I don't want to compare it to last year's performance because that was really just crazy amazing. Yeah. But who knows, right? If, if that's the baseline... Maybe. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think we were fairly lucky in the draw. So, I mean, pessimistically, you could say we will safely get, not safely, but we can get second place even if we're not able to beat Bayern Munich at this stage. We should be fairly confident against the other two sides, but let's see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, before we go into less serious things... We do have an international break. Uh, a lot of our players seem to be representing home countries. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yes, it's going to be a busy uh, week ahead for Tottenham players. Stupid question. Is this World Cup qualifiers or is this friendly? It, it's going to be a mix of Euro qualifiers, actually, and some friendlies. So the England, France, and Belgium ones are going to be Euro qualifiers. Yeah, I think Korea is uh, friendly. Well, hopefully it's a refreshing fixture for for our guys and i don't know let's see what's the balance though between like refreshing fixtures and firing them out that's from a good the league, question right? i don't know yeah so we look forward to seeing hugo and musa against albania on saturday the 7th yeah. september sanchez joins yeah. colombia for a game on saturday as well 7th of september so much and then sunny South for Korea, Korea and Georgia, a friendly on Thursday, the 5th of September. And finally, Argentina, Chile, Los Celso representing on Friday, the 6th of September. Yeah, all the so many, so many international players. I'm both happy for them, but also scared for us because then it tires them out. Yeah. I don't yes. know. Fine line. Well, Especially... Delhi's only just gotten back from injury, too. Like, he shouldn't be playing for England yet. Exactly. Come on. Come on, Gareth. Yeah. Mr. Southgate, can you not, like... Stress them out. I'm stressed. Anyway. All right. Thanks, Toby. Yeah, thank you. All right. Now it's that time of the week. It's time for the social media roundup, where we round up and talk about all of the best social media posts from Spurs Official and from each of the players. Take it away, Patty. Yes. Uh, it's really interesting because uh, I always like seeing birthday celebrations and Musa Sissoko recently celebrated his birthday, and it was just nice to always see um, players greeting him. So I know Harry Winks yeah. did a greeting, and I think he posted like a lot of family and friends who just randomly tagged him on his birthday, which kind of made yeah. me wish that I greeted him too, because would, would you get reposted as a fan? I wonder. <laughs> Let's I, try it next time. I guess next time we try, but I, I think I just wanted to call out how, I guess, the Sissoko transformation from being not so well-received to having really, really good fan feedback. 
I'm really happy for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, the turnaround for him was so, uh, I guess, so massive. Like, he's now one of the most loved players. At the end of last season, when they were giving like the fan favorite award, I, I really thought it was going to go to him. It eventually went to Sun, also well earned, but I, I thought it would go to Sissoko. So, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Cool. More things to celebrate. Uh, loads of anniversaries over the past few weeks. Um, there so were some many. posts from Spurs official um, celebrating anniversaries for both Sonny and Hugo. It's Sun's fourth year with us and Hugo's seventh. And along with that, they show like a retrospective of photos showing like baby Sonny on his first day and baby Hugo <laughs> on his first the- day. And wow, have they completely glowed up. It is crazy, the transformations. Uh, number yeah. one, the amount of time they've been at the club is... I don't know how long people usually last at a club, but seven years sounds pretty massive. And four, especially for a player of Sonny's caliber, uh, you'd think they, other people want to snap him up, but it's just really nice to see how they've both grown with the club. And really, the glow-ups were bananas. Totally, yeah. So, like, Hugo looked like, I guess, a very normal random person when he first yes. joined and now he looks like us the superstar that he is the, the <laughs> serving that the chisel like even his jaw feels like more like pronounced i don't know if it's contouring but yeah. like that beard is working working yeah. for him i guess it's just like multi-million multi-millionaire uh grooming he just has a like better hair better facial hair his skin looks awesome yeah i guess yeah, same with Sonny also when he joined us or like during his first season with us, he had uh, he was experimenting with like reddish black hair, which it wasn't I, working. I thought, yeah, that that wasn't working. He looks much better now. Yeah, Natural lean, hair color, great exactly. haircut. Lean into the Asian-ness. Um, also anniversaries, it was Rose's 200th game with us and Hugo's 300th. So wow. happy anniversary, Rose. Yeah, happy Rosie anniversary, guys. Stay strong. Kois, kois, kois. Kois, kois, kois. Speaking, I mean, I guess just um, on the topic of Sunny, as we know, he gets like a lot of social media attention. And it's interesting because he's not exactly one of the most active uh, players, but I guess the fans are fanatics. And anytime Sunny content is posted, I kind of just go, aww. Because the latest one is, I guess, training for the Arsenal game. And he was doing some goals, free goal kicks from like with, there were, People block. They were not people. They had like yeah, those people, metal, yeah, those metal, metal people shaped things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They were blocking, and he did this little jog, and then did a kick, and because it was a success, right out of the from the corner of the frame comes Delhi, who comes. And this is training, guys. This is not even like a goal at a game. Delhi comes up to him, puts his arm around him. And from what I understand, kisses the nape of his neck. I don't know. Yeah, that's what... really sweet. It was just, <laughs> I'm all for it. Lean into this, guys. Lean into the affection. Yeah, and I, I love that they're so, like, affectionate with each other. Like, they're always hugging. And yeah, that's, that's very sweet. Not so sweet, though. Oh, yeah. So we noticed, we were talking about this earlier, and we noticed that the, the look of the creative from Spurs official is is kind of inconsistent and we're chalking this up to like early in the season the social media team still trying to experiment with different looks but the experiments seem like wildly different so if you look at 
the hype post or match announcement from Newcastle. It's like black and white on one side showing Harry and then it's like an orangey, rusty monotone on the other. And then this week for the Arsenal one, it's like a collage of, of our players and Arsenal players. But weirdly, like when you look at it, the color that really jumps out at you is red and it's like, oh, this is this is the Tottenham official account. Why why is it so red heavy? Ominous. Yeah. Coming yes. from a creative. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even a creative. Coming from you though, it's it really more apparent with the way you describe it. But I was just like, there's just something off. It just feels weird. Yeah, yeah I, I would think that before the season starts, like the social media and marketing team kind of design a look that they then use. Like they design a look, they design a template, and that's what you, what's used for all sorts of posts throughout the season posts announcing games posts announcing scores posts announcing like teams exactly. but it, it seems it seems like the team post that comes out an hour before and the match post that comes out on the day itself seem like totally different materials i guess so it'll so, be awesome to see some more uh unified looks yeah a cohesive look cohesive looks, now, yeah. now we are asking for two things from the social team number one let us engage with your stories, please. At least let us share it. Yes. Repost it. Yeah. And the second... Yeah, why is sharing disabled? Exactly. And then our second request, of course, not as high a priority, but also important, is that get it together with the consistency. Speaking of people hating on people, <laughs> I'm not hating. I'm just, I'm just calling it out. Um, I yeah, people the, disagreeing with a look. Disagreeing with a look. Uh, other people disagreeing with looks are uh, Musa, uh, Sissoko, and Tangi and Domble were attending this, like... Uh, I guess a Spurs youth, like it was, it was children essentially. This like fan forum where kids got to ask questions, and these crazy kids happened to ask the question of, uh, who has the worst fashion sense? I feel like this this was a planted question, but anyway, all right. Uh, Musa kind of just goes, uh, Eric, uh, Lamella, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like as if Lamelli Boo doesn't get you know enough flack for his fashion. It, it is funny he though. He gets so much flack. It's so much. And when you do review it, like, all right, like, it is a bit out there. But I think we do need to either help him with it or, like, I don't know, find a way to not focus on it. I feel bad for him, but, I mean, it's not like it's uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is consistent. Like, if you look up um, older, even older uh, interview videos with past players from Tottenham, when they're asked, when they're posed the question, who has the worst fashion sense? Lamella seems to be the consistent answer. There was one player that said son, but everyone else said, yeah, Harry Wink said son, which I disagree with. I think he just maybe is unfamiliar with uh, fashion forward Korean, South Korean aesthetic. I totally disagree. Winksy, you're yeah. handsome and cute and adorable, but no. Yeah, you're forgiven yeah. for for saying that <laughs> cool oh uh another massive massive post from this week Llorente finally finds a team yay so he posted a lovely goodbye message to Tottenham and Tottenham fans and in this post he actually calls his hip goal against Man City from last season the most important goal of his career that's really massive we're, we're gonna miss him Super. we're so gonna miss this guy what, what an awesome man and player and yeah athlete everything no and i think his like his situation wasn't great right like he didn't start he didn't even go on like the summer break with the team like his contract ran out they didn't renew it he was a free agent and yet to have that kind of 
goodbye message, I think that says a lot. It says totally. It says way more. Like I'm not trying to put you know pit him against Trippier or anything, but the quality of the goodbye message just felt a lot more heartfelt. I guess yeah, because it was so gracious. So we're we're totally gonna miss him. I think one one thing that I super love about Liorente was that um, of all of the players on the men's team, he was the only one who followed the Tottenham Hotspur women Instagram. So he was the one who showed that support, I guess, of following their Instagram and cheering them on. Good good luck, Liorente. Uh, we'll re- we'll really miss you and like. I'm sure he'll do well in the, the Napoli. Speaking of people who we want to do well, Poch, Mauricio Pochettino is in the shortlist for the FIFA Men's Coach Award. And he is going up against Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, both formidable foes. But damn, yeah. we've made it. Yeah, congrats, sir. I, I don't even, I, I think like when they say nomination is an honor, I kind of believe that in this in this part because like these are like it's it's Man City it's Liverpool and these are quite established coaches so good yeah. job Poch. It's an honor to be nominated. It really is. Another highlight in terms of posts from Spurs official. I think right after the Man City game, one of the posts that came from Spurs official was like the Mora stopwatch video. So Amazing. it shows. Yeah, it shows in real time, within 19 seconds, Mora scoring. So he gets subbed in to the game at the start of the video, and we follow him over 19 seconds as he heads a goal in. Bananas. So I, I found, yeah, I thought that was like a really brilliant piece of content showing like a highlight of the game alongside the stopwatch graphic that's counting down. The 19 seconds that was super cool and i guess most fans found that super cool as well because i think it has about 1.8 million views and other video content at least recently um hover at around like half a million and below oh which is interesting they could have done like spawn con with that with like are, don't they have like the mauritia minute and yeah, yeah yeah like iwc watches come on you didn't want to sponsor missed this opportunity post. exactly from iwc <laughs> missed opportunity right there we will not miss the baby of the week uh every week oh, yes. we just scour the uh, social media for the best baby content and there are contenders except that no one can seem to beat our reigning champion ayla alderweireld uh this child congratulations ayla you are winning at life you're chilling in your ball pit you're about to have a baby brother and just being the most adorable child ever like toby and his wife have great genetic mixtures because that child is too much and awesome like photography skills as well so the post of her in the ball pit was precious the post of them at the gender reveal where where she's looking where her parents are looking at the camera i think but she's looking at the giant balloon it's <laughs> precious i mean love it you're the cutest so cute congratulations again uh, i mean you know tough competition from the backs of the heads of kane's kids but <laughs> all right and that wraps up our social media roundup of the weeks that we've missed <laughs> three weeks three weeks three weeks hopefully we won't uh hold off too long um, for the next one uh, thanks again for joining us thanks to Toby for joining us thanks Acid for uh, thanks. not giving up on me yet uh, thanks and, Patty uh, we'll see you guys again next time 
See ya. Come, Come on, on you Spurs. Spurs.